0: Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 11 of SNL with host Dan Levy and musical guest Phoebe Bridgers. I'm Katherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by John Murray and Lanny Harms. You can follow Lanny on Instagram at Lanny Harms. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at SNLpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion. If you'd like to watch our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar slash SNLpodcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. Hello everybody. Welcome back, Lanny. How are you? Oh, thank you for having me back. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I was really excited to watch this episode of SNL. We've got Dan Levy, who I adore, and Phoebe Bridgers, who I think is super talented. And mm-hmm. so I had some really high expectations going in here.
1: Yeah. Were they hit? We're- I guess we're going to get into it.
2: Yeah, let's, yeah let's we'll not- get into it. I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, no
1: spoilers, no spoilers <laughs> yeah. as much. But right to it. But did did you did you guys have high
0: expectations as well? I know John, we hit on it a little bit last week, but Lanny, uh, are you a big Dan Levy fan?
1: Well, I'm a big Shits Creek fan. I love that show dearly and deeply. And um I I also saw the happiest season, so I feel I feel like what I've seen Dan Levy in I'm very happy with. And I do feel like I went on a journey with him watching him in Shits Creek, kinda go from, mm-hmm. you know, a shaky first season to like one of the best last seasons of television <laughs> I've ever seen. So fair enough. Uh, Before we get too far,
0: John, I think we have a new patron to thank, right?
2: Yes, we do. Um, We want to send our love to Grace Cogan of Rushville, Missouri. That is the home state of SNL's own Heidi Gardner. Um, Grace has joined us at a very generous tier and we are very happy to have her on board. And um, so we thank her, but not just her. We thank all of our patrons because they're the ones that make the show possible and uh, we love them all. And so that's all I got. Thank you patrons. And, uh, why don't we jump into the show? So, like, why does this teenager hang out with this old inventor guy? So the theory was that Doc basically, like, groomed Marty to, like, molest him. But then, well,
0: but then the Doc... Regret- Toby, the trainee, leads a not-safe-for-work Universal Studios tram tour.
1: Lanny, did this one work for you? Um, yes. There. Yes. Yes and no. Um. I... <laughs> First of all, I think there was just way too much unneeded justification up top, like with the coffee stuff. Agreed, I was like, yeah. why are we spending so much time explaining why this guy is hyper? Like, he just seems like he's hyper and excited. He's too excited to do a universal tour. So and he's a trainee,
2: enough. so he's supposed to be a train yeah. wreck anyways, yeah, right? Like, exactly. that's all they need. Like, this is yeah.
1: my dream job. Right, yeah. right. There, was so, there were so many things going on. Like, <laughs> I don't need to know any more about your coffee intake right. for the day. Um <laughs> So we we spent so much time there and then the reveal of the Marty McFly stuff was so funny. I think that was like one of the best like reveals of a premise and first beats of a premise. Um I just think it lost steam pretty quickly mm-hmm. and I think that we were doing the same joke over and over again when there were things like the um the the softener stuff was fun and like interacting with the with the people. We could have got to that faster and then we could have mm-hmm. like had that softener like lead into the despicably me character coming in and like if that had been someone softener, what an organic great like transition to this next one. Like there's just like there were a lot of opportunities here to make it like a very successful sketch and I don't think we got there. But Mm -hmm. but yeah. It was fun at the beginning.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I agree. That's exactly my note was that it seemed to de heighten from the Back to the Future joke. Yeah. The next two jokes were not nearly as insane or as funny yeah. so it felt the pacing got off uh, and so then I was toying around with okay well so what if we put one of those first but like you said Laney, it, it neither of them would have been as clear of a reveal of what the game was as the Marty McFly mm-hmm. so yeah I think you had some great suggestions and I, I agree I think Dan did such a good job with this I think he played it really well and I was having a lot of fun with Ego's character as well mm-hmm. so fun to be had here but, but yeah it dipped a little in the middle John, how'd you feel?
2: I liked it. This was fun just because of the, the enjoyment of seeing people kind of be put off, like the, the reveal that the tour is stuffed full of, um, like a Christian youth group or something like that. So Mm -hmm. all of this raunchy sexual stuff that they've been talking about, it's even more inappropriate. So there were a few things like that, that were really getting me, um, few things that distracted me like the background not actually lining up with what they're talking about i I was really struggling with that <laughs> for some reason you're not <laughs> supposed to be paying attention to the background but um i'm i'm like a a theme park nerd and it's one of the great tragedies of my life that i've never been to universal studios because i really wanted to go on the delorean ride when i was a kid and <laughs> so i know the back lot like i know what i'm seeing in the background i know where they're going and i'm and i'm you know I'm just too engrossed in that, and then when they're saying, "Well, you know, now we're in the Jurassic Park area, now we're in the King Kong area," and they're clearly not there. But I just, uh, I was really struggling. Like that breaks the illusion for me. So, um, mm-hmm. it had I thought some fun gags for what it was. Then, like you guys said, there there maybe was some missed opportunity in how they they laid it out. Um, but as an opener to the show, that is fun, that isn't challenging, that's just high energy and goofy. Um, I thought it worked for that. But mm-hmm. what I really thought it accomplished was it put Dan front and center and said, hey, carry a sketch. Mm-hmm. You're the main mm-hmm. character. You are the the X factor in this sketch. Go big and sell it. And he did. And that said everything that the monologue didn't say, as far as I was yeah. concerned about mm-hmm. what he could bring to the show. So in that way, I thought it was a pretty big win.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's a very good point. Let's keep going. I need a new fantasy. Then you need
1: Zilla. Zilla.
0: Zilla.
1: So Lanny, what one about this one? Look, I love this. <laughs> I just love it from I maybe it hit real close ho- to home for me. <laughs> um, as New
0: Yorkers I think we're a little bit more primed to real estate porn.
1: It may be. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's being a New Yorker, if it's like being cooped up in my house for a year or my apartment uh, for a year and so looking at houses on Zillow (laughs) is a huge pastime for me um Mm -hmm. uh but it just was it was so relatable like that whole thing like I was just like oh god this is too real and then I thought the (laughs) mapping onto a uh like sexual commercial like a a phone sex commercial Mm -hmm. was so spot on like this was just like textbook just perfect I And and it also was like with a like, I don't always love textbook perfect sketches because I think they can be boring. But this one Uh particularly for me, just personally hit very close to home. And I also have (laughs) talked to many friends who also have been having a lot of Zillow time lately and Street (laughs) Easy and all that. So I think this struck a chord at the perfect time. So I call me biased, (laughs) but I loved this so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I ate this up too. And you hit the same two points I was going to make again. The accuracy of this, and honestly, the audacity to call me out like this. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> how dare it you? It
0: spoke it Got spoke to me on such a personal level. Like I literally was looking at a million dollar apartment the other day, and I was like, I'm going to tour it. And I messaged uh, the guy, and then he emailed me back, and I was like, I don't want to go tour this. <laughs> like it, it was just so painfully accurate. I I loved it. Like you said, they mapped it really well. I I can't say anything that Lanny didn't hit. So, John, <laughs> what do you think?
2: Yeah, it's uh scandalous how many hours <laughs> my wife and I spend looking at uh, aspirational real estate listings, mm-hmm. uh, and and all the more so in the midst of COVID because I, I'm sure it's not a New York thing, but for New Yorkers, I'm how I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, well, I don't want to be in the city. If you know what, what are my other options? And they're they're mm-hmm. kind of like. Living vicariously through Mm -hmm. what they could get, you know, somewhere out in the state. If I could just Um, have
0: one extra room between me and my husband, that would be great. (laughs) So
2: this is, this is definitely striking a chord. It's, 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 it's really, um, I think tapping into something that is a shared experience for a lot of people. And uh, as I was watching, I was just thinking, how many times have I finished like putting the kids down to bed and come out to the living room? My wife's got real estate listings like up on our big TV because <laughs> it's, it's got like a web browser in it, so she can like mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff on the big TV. And then I think of like how many hours of mindless scrolling through listings we then end up doing, just chatting about, oh, I like the crown molding and whatnot. And then I think mm-hmm. about, wait a minute, how many hours? What else could we have been doing? And then it hits me. Late thirties, you know, (laughs) it's, it's the, the truth of this is just, yeah, it, it, someone was pulling from a very true place and I connected with it and I thought it was fantastic. Like you said, Lanny, a perfect mashup, um, to, to map it into the, the whole phone sex thing. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, no need to, I guess, reiterate all that, but yeah, this was great. This was so much fun and always well-produced with their pre-tapes.
1: Mm-hmm. -hmm. What was that joke? That was like the there's a kitchen in the guest house. Like, Mm. oh, oh my God.
2: (laughs) Oh, but the property taxes. Yeah. No, it just, it's, (laughs) yeah. So titillating.
0: Great. Yeah. The couple beats that I specifically want to call out were when he said, I would never live in North Carolina, but Mm. that was amazing. (laughs) And then when I think it was Bowen just sliding the slider up for like
1: what the max search was. Those were two all moments that were yes. big wins. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's hmm So perfect. It was good. It congrats was good. to the writer. Congrats to the cast. Congrats to the producers.
2: So <laughs> well, we, we might as out. well because was... that's yeah, that's Anna Dresden and Streeter and Mikey, right?
0: hmm Directed by Paul Bacranti. Yeah. Who we've yeah, been that, talking it, about it, a lot. Bravo. It, it,
2: <laughs> it, it felt <laughs> like there was some Anna Dresden in that. That that very much feels mm-hmm. like something that she would enjoy, oh, yeah. you know, finding some gags for. Um yeah, that big first, like I think, unqualified win of the night.
0: Mhm- yeah let's get into Phoebe Bridgers performing Kyoto, and I know the end. Lanny, did do you like Phoebe Bridgers? Was this your first exposure to her?
1: This was actually my first exposure to her, and I know that she's like very popular right now so I was excited to like get to know her and um the first performance I thought was um was cool like to get to understand her image and her voice and um like just her vibe I guess um but the second performance was really impressive to me. Like when it flips into like her like doing the metal voice, and then like and then the the guitar solo, key like, change. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is not what I was expecting. And this, you are someone I thought I I do really love like pop stars and uh, musicians and like the whole image that they put out. And I thought I I I was understanding who she was and. <laughs> I just get so delighted to be surprised by people. And then afterwards, I went and looked at all the music videos that she put out in the last like couple of months. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, she's like so fresh. She is so mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, um, I, I, I don't know enough about her. So because I literally just like went, dive deep into it today. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm excited to, to see her her journey because this was this was a cool debut. Yeah,
0: I, I really like Phoebe Bridgers. I think she has such a unique voice. That I really love, and she is a amazingly talented songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that is where she really shines is in the lyrics. The these performances weren't you know especially exciting, but I I knew not to necessarily expect that going in, so I, I was fine with it. Uh, with the exception of you know the second half of the second song, mm-hmm. the but yeah everything everything was good. I'm not sold on the guitar smash, and I do <laughs> suspect that John has a lot of thoughts on it.
2: I do. Oh I have a few. Are, are you, are <laughs> you officially throwing to me? Are you, are you done? Yes, with go you? for oh, it. Right. Um, so my hot take is, I think Phoebe Bridgers succeeds where machine gun Kelly failed last week. There's something okay. very familiar about her sound like this. She's not breaking mm-hmm. a whole lot of new ground, especially with that first song. Um, I've heard this sound before, you know, growing up, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a strain of indie rock that this is very true to. And, um, mm-hmm. So in much the same way that Machine Gun Kelly was pulling in a lot of um like California mid 90s punk stuff into his stuff, um, she's definitely drawing on things that are familiar to me that I like. So that's mm-hmm. that helps right out of the gate. But with Machine Gun Kelly, I wasn't finding anything exciting about his lyricism or his vocals. And so there was a lot of stuff that felt weak and it very much felt like a, a debut offering. Whereas mm-hmm. Phoebe Bridgers uh it felt a lot more competent and just well-rounded. And I think you guys already touched on just the lyricism of it felt a cut above for this kind of music. Um, so I, I felt it was strong. Like I felt as a, as an artist, she's bringing something good. And so I was just enjoying it as just kind of a, a slow mellow, like I'm not going to be excited by what she's bringing. Cause you know, she's just at her mic doing her indie rock thing. And I'm cool with that. That's definitely my scene. I'm, I'm fine. And then, uh, she decides to like stare down her uh, guitarist and they have like a, like a rock God face off and she's on her knees. And I'm like, Oh, isn't that adorable? That's what happens when, when nerds try to rock out. And, um, you know, like this is, this is so fun. Uh, and then she decides to wail and decides to go full on metal and the band, you know, breaks out. And, uh, I'm like, okay, is, is she doing this ironically? Like, Does she know how silly this is to be, you know, like Mm -hmm. having that kind of a a left turn in in her song, like as much fun as it is to see like, Hey, I wasn't expecting that. And oh, isn't this fun to watch? Um, It seemed, I didn't know if she was doing it with a a clear sense of irony or not. And so that's Mm -hmm. where I need to bone up on Phoebe Bridgers because if this is who she is and she just has the soul of a rock God you know, in the, in the body of, of a little blonde waif, then I love her even more because that, that, well, that sounds like the perfect woman to me. Um, but anyways, I,
0: I think that is more the case
2: and, and maybe it is, but it just, it caught me, you know, out of nowhere mm-hmm. and I just didn't know how to process it. So it was fun to watch and inscrutable in a way. Cause it just wasn't what I was expecting. And to see her try to smash a guitar and she's, there's, she's got something on her amp that was meant to like spark. Like this is something that mm-hmm. I think was, definitely stay meditated um but she just doesn't have the upper body strength to do it <laughs> so she's you know it takes her what a half a dozen swings to even you know hope to crack that i mm-hmm. think that's board. part of it and and that,
1: that was is- oh, okay. the part that i loved so much i was like mm-hmm. i mean as as a small blonde woman i was sure. very like proud of her in so yes. many ways just because <laughs> like i I feel like when I saw her, I, you have all of these preconceived notions. Like you were saying, right. it's not like a new sound. It's not a new, yeah. like her voice. It's like a, she has a very pretty, very nice voice, mm-hmm. very nice to look at. And then she just is like, but I also am a f-ing amazing guitarist and I can also mm-hmm. like... I can wail like a metal. Like, that was an right. impressive, like, metal wail. And then also, like, and I'm going to smash my guitar. And you know what? I'm going to smash it in the way I'm going to do it. And it sure. might, it's probably going to take a long time. Yes, I, I did decide I was going to do this before that. But, like, you're just going to watch me do it for 15 takes. And that, <laughs> the fact that it took that long made me, like, respect it that much more that she wasn't giving it <laughs> she up. Like, she, she was committed. committing. There was no part it's of true. that that wasn't committed yes. of that whole performance. And I feel like, Flipping my perspective and flipping my paradigm of what a person who looks and sounds like that should be, or how they should act, and she—I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. Yeah,
2: (laughs) don't don't get me wrong. I was eating it all up. Yeah, Uh yeah. But there's still something that is just so weird. Confusing. Yeah, when you Mm -hmm. contrast what you're seeing with what you think she sees herself as and what she's projecting it was it was Mm -hmm. interesting and fun and adorable and maybe that's not the word that she'd want people to describe her as but i thought that the whole thing was adorable and uh so now i'm i'm definitely going to go out and you know track down a little bit more of what she does and try and wrap my head around what phoebe bridgers is actually all about Mm
0: -hmm. yeah she definitely loves to play with that preconceived notion of who she's going to be That so
2: well mission accomplished she
0: succeeded yep Mm very impressed okay if you want to see our full sketch by sketch review search for SNL After Party on Patreon or Subscribestar.com let's get into our overall thoughts
1: Lanny, what was your moment of the night moment of the night for me has to be the reveal of Zillow <laughs> The reveal of that, that the the phone call into like, what is the sexy thing? Like you're in your mid thirties and what are you doing instead? You're on Zillow. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, I just felt so seen and I just felt so like, oh, how comforting it feels when you're just like, oh, everyone else do.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the same thing because it it started and I was like, oh, it's going to be a music video. Oh, no, it's a commercial parody. Oh, oh, and it's a Zillow commercial parody, you know, that turn it took. And I was immediately on board. It was, it was unexpected and it was so well executed. I, I ate it up. So that's my moment too. John, how about you?
2: Phoebe Bridgers releases her inner rock. God, Yeah, there there was nothing that just had me wide eyed going like, this is amazing. And I don't understand it. And what is this? And I'm having so much fun. And who is she? Um, uh, it, it just, it, it, it just tickled me. So that, that was fun and unexpected. And what I said last week, Catherine, when we were talking about the upcoming hosts and musical guests is I love it when I have no idea who they are and they surprise me. Mm-hmm. And that's what she yep. accomplished. And that was a moment.
1: Oh, shoot. Now I need to up. Cause I love when she,
2: <laughs> that's okay. Mo- we'll give you a mulligan.
1: The moment, the moment when she came in with that metal voice, my yeah. jaw dropped. So how can that not also be moment of the night? So that's, I have two. Okay. That's fine.
2: That's fair. We'll, that's we'll fair. make the exception.
1: Alright, well, let's get into our best sketch. Lanny, I think I know what it might be, but hit us. Zillow.
2: Yeah. Maybe Zillow.
1: It's yeah. Zillow. Zillow. Zillow all day. Zillow all night. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed just thinking about Zillow and how perfect of a yep. sketch it was. Yep. S- same. It was it was amazing.
0: I've I've watched it so many times already. It's just so so true and so well executed and so funny. I I loved everything about it. There was nothing wrong with it. John what do you think
2: yeah I can agree with that uh, fun a lot of truth on display tonight there's a lot of sketches that were saying things that like you said Catherine that mm-hmm. maybe hit a little too close to home um, but this was perfect and like I said this is I, I how many hours I've spent just kind of hunched on the couch just <laughs> flicking through Zillow ads so great that one of the writers found that and then they figured out the perfect way to present it so yeah mm-hmm. Zillow all day all night Zillow <laughs>
1: that's the theme of this episode Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right let's talk about the mvp lanny who's your mvp my mvp i it's gotta be keenan i think he really like especially in the sketches that um for me were very lukewarm were entertaining because keenan was in it like Mm -hmm. um like especially the the singing bartenders and then also the um the uh, Universal Studios tour like those are both ones that like got hiccupy and like weren't so strong but like him being there and giving those reactions just like really really gave it some glue and Mm -hmm. yeah it's gotta be Keenan I think. Yeah it's almost like
0: Keenan's been doing sketch comedy his whole life or something.
1: Yeah yeah maybe we should like (laughs) yeah tell him like yeah it's amazing
0: (laughs) Uh, I think that that's a good pick. I was torn between Bowen, Keenan and Dan and I'm having a hard time even now deciding where to land. Um Bowen wasn't in a ton of stuff but when he was, he did a fabulous job. Mm-hmm. Keenan, I think, you know, obviously Keenan's insanely talented and he carries a lot of sketches. And good old Dan, I love Dan and he mm-hmm. he did a great job and I'm so happy for him. So yeah, I'm going to give it to Dan, why not? You know, mm-hmm. he He's here. I'm so glad he's here. I thought he did a fabulous job in the Universal Tour. Like you said, John, he, he started off, they gave him a sketch right off the bat, that said, prove that you yeah. can be here, and he yeah. did it. Yeah. Um, and then he went on and, and had great performances all over the place. So, yeah, Dan Levy, that's my MVP.
2: Man, I was hoping you'd go with Bowen because then you wouldn't have stolen my thunder because uh, I am going with Dan as well. <laughs> uh, he, he made it obvious that he's super comfortable, he's not fumbly, he can deal with sketches that have some choreography and some, you know, other stuff going on. Like there wasn't anything mm-hmm. that ever looked like it flustered him. And when he got some fun dialogue to chew on, he, he chewed it pretty hard and like mm-hmm. really delivered uh, kind of his, his patented style and uh, mm-hmm. just carried some pieces that otherwise I don't know if they would have gotten over without what he was bringing. So uh, yeah, if you can save, I think two, two sketches, <laughs> then that is definitely worth an MVP nod.
0: There we go. All right, let's get into the big one. On a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or
1: train wreck, how would you rate this episode? Lanny, up first. I don't feel I have the authority to call anything a classic quite yet, so I'm going <laughs> to go with great just because I I this was really really good. I I don't I don't, I think you really got to be shooting for the moon to get classic, but like all around this was a very solid night. I was so i was like so delighted (laughs) and surprised many many Mm -hmm. times and for i feel like you're when i watch snl it tends to be like one that really hits you know and then you're Mm -hmm. happy or for two but i felt like there was like multiple that were like really hitting and like weekend update being so strong and then the Mm -hmm. two pre-tapes being like so so strong like almost perfect um yeah. And then because then the other ones that were live were still really fun because they were really great performances, too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, second week in a row, I toyed with giving it a classic. Uh,
0: there's a lot of hype for Dan Levy. A lot of people were hoping this was going to happen this season. People really excited to see him host. So that's already given it a boost towards like a, a an episode that's really capturing a moment that people are excited about. And we had some great stuff. Nothing fell flat. There was nothing that I did not like. But I don't think there were enough purely unqualified wins to give it the classic. You know, because there, there were a few that were they they were good. They were fun. I liked them, but not not super thrilled. Um, but it is about as close to a classic as as <laughs> you can get. Almost. You know, we wow, had a you're, great musical guest. You're doing quite Fantastic, the top dance here. Fantastic. Update. I know. I do this so well. Uh, She's doing it behind update. the bar, so I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tons of great stuff, but just not quite, not quite enough Zillows in there to get it fully into Classic, mm-hmm. but very solid, great episode. John, where are you going to land?
2: Last week, I thought they delivered a solid episode. Like I thought, you know what? There's a lot that feels right about what they're doing right mm-hmm. now. And if they could iron out a few other spots, then I think we're getting into great territory. Weekend update was one of them. And I feel like this week was an improvement. So that was about all I needed them to up their game on last week for me to feel like we are really, you know, getting into some strong stuff. So this week I'm in agreement with what you guys said about the sketch fair overall, that we had some really high highs and even, you know, the worst of it was just kind of middling. Like there wasn't anything that Mm -hmm. was really putting me off, but To just be the little bit of icing on the cake, we had a a musical act that I was really charmed by, whereas last week I wasn't, and we had a solid weekend update. So you put those two pieces in, and I think you've got a solid, great episode. And I think when they trim it down for the 10 o'clock reruns, they're going to have a pretty perfect hour of comedy. So great. Very good. So- we're all
0: really loving it. Great, strong episode. Great host. I hope we see Dan Levy back. I hope he stays oh. in the spotlight and has a fantastic career ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, very solid episode. Second bat. Uh, now, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, Lanny. speaking of good work,
1: where can we see your stuff? Do you have anything coming up? Yes, I do. Um, so my sketch team, After School Snack, has a show on Twitch on the Squirrel NYC Twitch page. And that's going to be March 3rd at 9.30 p.m. And then I'm also going to be a part of their doomsday commemoration mega show on March 13th with Sketch Cram, my uh, show that I do, that we do a sketch show uh, that we start writing in the morning and we present the final sketches by the end of the night. And we're going to be finishing that marathon of shows that they have on March 13th on the same Squirrel NYC Twitch page. So check it out. Awesome. Yeah, I can I can say that I've enjoyed everything After School Snack
0: has put out and sketch Cram is one of my favorite UCB shows ever so definitely tune in you're going to see some good stuff
1: yeah and that is the thing about the March 13th show that is the <laughs> one year anniversary of UCB shutting its doors because of oh. COVID so it's uh, it the Squirrel NYC is its own theater but there's a lot of people who have done UCB uh, there so it's going to be if you're part of those circles and we're a fan of UCB <laughs> shows um, it's going to be pretty cathartic for you I think so yeah. tune in fun all right well that's a wrap
0: Thanks to Lanny Harms and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Grace Cogan, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back next week when SNL returns with host Regina King and musical guest Nathaniel Rateliff. But until then, this has been episode number 127 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Katherine Coleman, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it.